Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Rogan and Rodney Podcast. Heard weekdays at noon on AM570 LA Sports. Stream the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching AM570 LA Sports or podcast the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Rogan and Rodney. AM570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Then we continue on Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Later this hour, Rodney, I think Rob Polenka is on the clock with the Lakers. And year one, we know what that was. Year two, he won. Made some moves. We know what happened in year three. So I think he's going to be on the clock. I think this upcoming season will be pivotal for him. Am I saying they're going to make a change? No. But I think it's going to go a long way in in kind of cementing who he is as a general manager. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree because, look, he's he didn't come in this as a longtime general manager that bounced around different teams. It's got a whole history of doing this. This is his first foray into being a general manager. He was an agent for all these years. Right. And so, yeah, and, and, and like you said, you know, the first year obviously with – Magic there, and then Magic leaving, and him on his own. They won it last year. Um, everybody believed that it was a good offseason for him. It turned out to be the opposite in terms of the production that they got from the guys that they brought in versus the guys that they let go. And so now I, I agree with you. I think that the, all eyes are really on Rob Plinka, and he's finally going to really find out. And Not that he – I mean, he knows it, but now he knows it internally what the pressure of being – a Laker and winning as a Laker and a Laker organization and what the fans expect, he's going to really find that out. Well, you know, being the general manager is not an easy job in any sport. And the man no. that sat in the big chair for many years. Yeah. Friday. Ned Coletti. Ned, we welcome you to the show today. Hey, good to be with you guys. Hey, great one right there, Chicago 3. I love it. You guys, you guys are finding great music. Who's that, Ronnie back there? Yes, Who's doing? Ronnie. Ronnie doing that his is. thing, yes. Yeah, Ronnie's pretty good. Ned, Rodney and I were just sitting here talking during the break. Dodgers back home tonight against Texas. You look the kind of season it's been. There comes a point where you can't say, well, you know, it's early. Maybe it's just going to be this kind of year. Uh, you know, sure, they could go on a run here and win, win 5, 6, 7, 10, 12, 15 in a row, but it just seems like it's going to be this kind of year, a battle all the way through it. Well, I think how I really feel is I think San Francisco is 
can fade much easier than either one of San Diego or the Dodgers. They've played about as good as they can play. They have a couple injuries. Uh, they're not going to be able to, to stay afloat as well as the Dodgers have stayed afloat with Cody out and Corey out and AJ out and Zach out and now Dustin May out. So I think that that they've had a great 60-some game run, but I don't, I don't know how much longer it's going to be able to last and that our bullpen is getting a little bit shaky between McGee and Rogers. So I'm not really concerned about San Francisco. San Diego, uh, a little bit of a different dynamic, obviously, but I I don't know if they have the staying power to do it. You know, it's it's so hard to win, and it's so hard to win a six-month season that you're going to play 162 games in. I think those teams that are well fortified will survive it, like the Dodgers. I don't know if San Diego will compete head-to-head with them all the way through. Certainly a good wild-card team, if not a division champion. But I I think it's, it's been a little bit of an uneven year. You've got longer schedule. You've got a World Series championship that you, you celebrated in some fashion last year, and you've had a lot of injuries. I think the Dodgers are still the best team in the league. And when they put it together, and I think they will put it together even better than they have, I think they'll run off a huge streak. And, and Ned, you know, I know it sounds like a cliche sometimes when you say, oh, you know, you just got to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, they can win it. If they do this and do that. But at the end of the day, it does really come down to that. And how deep are you when guys do go down for a week, 10 days, 30 days? Uh, are you? Is your depth good enough? to sustain until those guys get back. And it isn't that the benefit or the greatness of the Dodgers is that they do have guys that can step in and, and play while Seager comes back, while Bellinger comes back, and, and while they're waiting on Gonsolin to get back and, and, and all these guys that have gotten hurt. That is the beauty of the Dodgers. And as you mentioned, San Francisco, um, they don't have that luxury. No. You know, if, if, if something happened to Brandon Crawford, like something happened to Corey Seager, what are they going to do? If, if Tatis goes out, Tatis Jr. goes out for an extended period of time, what are they going to do? You know, I mean, teams have got guys that can play a little bit here and there. But the Dodgers, we talk about it, we've been talking about it for years now. They've got the depth, but they've also got the versatility to play people all over. Chris Taylor, to me, is one of the most valuable oh, yeah. players in the league. Hey, can hit anywhere in your lineup, can play anywhere in the, in the field pretty much, plays in the middle of the diamond, knows how to play, is like a, he's almost an expert at like four or five different positions when I watch how he thinks and how he executes. I don't know if any team has got a guy like that. I mean, Kike Hernandez was really good here for a long time. You know, I don't think he's CT3, though. I don't think he's Chris Taylor. But it's not just the depth of somebody going down and placing somebody else in there, moving Gavin Lux from second to short, but it's the ability to, to move people around and to have them play different positions. And I don't know another team that can do that. And I don't know another team that has got the starting pitching that this, this team has, the depth of it. Most teams have a tough time running – Three quality starters out there. We're going to see it in this next 10-day span. We saw it a little bit in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Brubaker pitched pretty good at Brubaker pitched pretty good the first night for four innings. You know, I mean, guys just don't have the the stamina. Teams don't have the stamina or really the depth or the versatility to play with the Dodgers on a daily basis. Yeah, beat them once in a while, sure. Beat them four out of five. Beat them, uh, sweep them in a series. You know, I, I except for a flukish thing here or there, 
which can happen during a 162-game season. The Dodgers just aren't prone to that. And other teams, I think, are prone to that. And I think you, you see teams start to lose games late, late in the game. And, you know, that's like the beginning, like what San Francisco did the other day. That, to me, is the beginning of where a team starts looking around the room going, I don't, I don't know if we got enough. I don't know if we have enough success at a, at a high level that's sustainable. And that's, that's what makes a championship team. And, you know, the Dodgers have it. The other ones are trying to figure out if they do or they don't. And most of the time, they don't. You know, Ned, you mentioned Chris Taylor. Rodney yelled, pay him. Uh, if you're sitting in the uh, in the chair and he's up, what do you think he's worth on the open market? Oh, goodness. Uh, it's, it's tough to tell who anybody where anybody is worth on the open market right now because of, you know, revenues being, you know, kind of scattered because of the pandemic and different things like that, a new CBA coming up, and nobody knows what the rules of the new CBA will be. But I would, I would say that this man, you know, he, he's – He's probably entering, he's probably either at the prime or even getting up to the prime of his career. He's getting better and better. And so I think it's going to take, in a, in a normal situation, it's going to take term because he's, he's earned it and he's, he's relatively a very healthy player. And he, he plays the game wisely. He's not reckless with what he does. And I, I think it you know, would be a, is he, uh, he's not, you know, he's not Cody or Corey or, or somebody like that. But I tell you what, he's, He's got great value. I'm skirting the issue a little bit because I don't have enough information. But this guy has got great value. He's got tremendous National League value. Does that go away if a DH comes in a National League? Uh, maybe a little bit, but just the versatility that you can put him, you can hit him anywhere in the lineup. He's hit all over the lineup. He's also played, like I said, center field, left field, played him well, can play right field, second base, shortstop. Can, can play a third for a minute. Could probably play first if he had to. You know, there's not a lot of guys that can. There's a lot of players who can do that for a minute or two, but they can't do it for weeks or two or months or two. And and he's proven he can. If you look back at the last four or five years, some of the biggest defensive plays in Dodge in the Dodgers history for the last four or five six years, he's in them. He's yeah. in all of them. Yeah. You know, whether it's in Milwaukee, whether it's in San Diego a year ago, you know, the, the, the throw out at the plate to, to end the game on a double play, the great catch he made in game seven in Milwaukee. I mean, we, we see it over and over again. And so that, to me, has got great value because you, having him allows you to be patient with the Gavin Lux, which is paid off because you've got somebody else that can play there while you're waiting for a young player to kind of get their feet underneath them and kind of get some momentum and some confidence. He can do that in these four or five different spots. Somebody gets hurt, he can do that. So the value of him is far deeper to me than just meets the eye. Batting average leads the team in, in RBI, stuff like that, all great stuff. But really that, that it allows you to do so many other things with so many other players. Plus, he creates in, internal competition because everybody wants to play. This is a close-knit team. The guys get along. They love, they love being teammates. But they do want to play. And you've got a guy like that. He, he's got the ability to take four or five different people's job on any given day for a period of time. And, and that keeps a really great team even better and keener to their approach and, and more fine-tuned to success. Yeah, and I, you know, people don't understand how difficult that is. As you mentioned, him playing basically eight positions and – and can do all of them or seven. I don't. I've not seen him catch, but uh, not knowing what you know, 
week to week. It's not like he's, you know, Justin Turner knowing I'm playing third base today or, or you know, Corey Seager when I'm, I'm playing shortstop. I mean, he could wake up and say, oh, we need you in right field today or we need you in left field or, or you yes. got to play second base. And, and and that's difficult, and he's been able to be consistent. Ned, is he a guy that you go to like right now and go, let's try to let's try to work something out, um, and, and maybe think that you can get him cheaper than waiting for the open market? Well, sometimes you can do that if you're going to sign somebody now. You know, it's you know, you're probably going to get yourself a little bit of a discount. Uh, most players, after when they've been playing as long as he has, and they're sitting a half a season away from free agency, uh, I think they they most likely wait. If there's a deal to be made, you know, it's obviously something that both sides say yes to. Yeah, you do it. You do it if you, you know, if you can. You know, this franchise has been very successful. Uh, they got a tremendous strong ownership. So you know, the CBA would affect some teams probably more than it would affect this club. But again, you know, you don't really know what the rules are going to be going forward. What I think would be a question when it comes to Chris Taylor, if you sat down with him, is he going to tell you, look, I want to play every day, and I want to know that I'm going to be the everyday name and position, you know? Or is it, hey, I'll continue, you know, pay me well, I'll continue to be the versatile player I am. Because there's a lot of players that, like Kike Hernandez, I think, wanted to be an everyday player. And, and wanted one position to play most of the time. I'm, I'm taking somewhat of a guess there. But there's sometimes guys that have, been, that have made their, their career out of being versatile that would really like to play one spot if given the opportunity. And I don't know if that's, that's something that, that he would want or, or something that the club would, would, uh, would agree to. But it's, it's, it may be a question for him. But then again, he has been. It's not like he struggles at any one position and doesn't want to play there. You know, he can, he can man them all. He's, he's kind of like Figgins was with Anaheim years ago. You could put him anywhere, and then he could he could do a good job for you. And that's that's what that's what he does. He's far more than a utility player. I guess that's what he started out as in the big leagues. But he's you know he he doesn't have a everyday position, but he's he's no utility player. Ned Coletti with us, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, I do want to talk to you about the pitching, Ned, but before we get to that, you mentioned the CBA. That comes up at the end of the year. As you sit and observe it now, not really 100% knowing anything, you think we might have a lockout next year? Well, it's always possible. You have two sides that, that have you know, had a lot of... Uh, acrimony recently you had probably 20 25 years since uh, 1994 since the world series got canceled when they finally figured out how to put that back together it stayed peaceful for really 20 25 years and i i think people have have done well on on both sides of the fence but i think you know in the just my opinion in the last negotiation i thought i think the union gave back some things and it's, it's unlike a union to give back anything and I think when you look at free agency and how that market has changed and you look at uh, how teams, rightfully so, will hold a player in the minor leagues to keep him from being a free agent, like Chris Bryant in Chicago a few years ago, there's others, uh, or, or keep him even longer to keep him out of the, the Super 2 salary arbitration program. Uh, some teams, you know, obviously don't compete very well. They, they're in the rebuild mode, so, you know, their teams are losing 100 games regularly. You know, I think those are issues that are, are new to the game compared to 5, 6, 10, 15, 20 years ago. 
I think those are things that people have to think about. The DH, that'll get figured out. What you do with extra innings, that'll get figured out. Playoffs, that'll get figured out if it gets expanded or not. But I think really the nature of the game and the competitiveness of it and and players that, um, you know, in baseball, your your salary is really judged by by how often you're in the big leagues, your playing time, your major league service time. It's not based on age. Some leagues are based on age. This one is not based on age. It's based on service time. So if there's a way to manipulate service time, you know, it's going to happen. You know, it, it can happen, you know, and, and happen under the rules of the CBA. So I just think there's some major issues that need to be ferreted out. And I think, you know, if there is, it would be a shame if there was after everything everybody's been through from a fan standpoint and from a player and owner standpoint. But really from a fan standpoint, to have the game not, not be there next April, I think would be, a, would be harmful. I'm not sure how harmful, maybe very harmful. But I think that there's different topics that are under study now than, than probably going back 20, 25 years. There's more things they could, they're going to have to figure out. Ned, one of the uh, one of the issues that's really been at the forefront lately has been the the pitchers and uh, foreign substance on the balls. What do you make on uh, of all of that and, and Major League Baseball really trying to crack down on it? I mean, Garrett Cole basically admitted to using it without admitting to using it. Uh, when he didn't answer the question, what what do you make of all this that's happening right now? Well, you know, there's always there's probably in almost every situation like this, there's probably a groundswell well before it becomes public about what people are doing. You know, years ago was obviously steroids, but also you know, corking of the bat. You know, um, doctoring of baseball has been part of the game really since you know they outlawed the spitball like uh, probably a hundred years ago. Um, you know, Gaylord Perry went to the Hall of Fame, but he had all the all the, the movement and stuff to, to at least have the hitter think he was scuffing it or things like that. Mike Scott with Houston. It's been part of the game for a long time, but when it gets to be excessive or it gets to be uh, something that people are talking about on a daily basis, and, and then you start to hear the stories of, you know, there's so much glue on the ball or something, some type of a sticky substance that a, a player can put a ball on a table and put his palm on the ball and lift the ball off the table. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we, we got too much going on. But, uh, you know, I think, I think they're going to have to have to curtail it and have to, but see, there's no, there's no reason for anybody to curtail anything. If there's no uh, crime and punishment, so to speak, if there's not a suspension, if, there, if there's not a fine, if there's not a, a loss in time or, Finance, you know, people will continue to skirt the issues. It's not till suspensions happen and teams have to go without and players have to go without that anything will ever get get uh, changed back to whatever way they want it to be. But I, you know, I think whenever there's a lot of groundswell on something, it's been going on for a while, and it just gets to the point where it's too obvious to ignore anymore. Yeah, but Ned, isn't it always been against the rules to alter the ball, doctor the ball? Absolutely. Absolutely, but that doesn't mean people haven't tried and con- and will continue to try. People are always trying to get some type of edge. You know, there's all sorts of ways to do it. Infielders would have a, a little, you know, the part of their glove where-, where the strings would come through. They would raise that a little bit and-, and allow them to just quickly scuff the ball as they were throwing the ball around the infield, or the catcher who would have it on his shin pads. I mean, there's been all sorts of things besides just the pitcher with, you know, with something on his hat or his shirt or his pants or his glove. You know, it's been 
it's been part of the game forever. Is it? Are you expected not to do it? Sure, but you know you, you can't tell people not. I mean, you can tell people not to do it and enforce it, but I don't. I don't know that there's been a year in the last hundred or whenever it was that they outlawed the spitball and said you can't be putting any substance on the ball that somebody hasn't done something. Yeah, and what's interesting is everybody seems to say, okay, uh, once Major League Baseball comes down with some parameters and rules, we're going to stick to them. We're going to adhere to them. But there are rules already that you're not supposed to do it. No one is denying they're doing it. That's even better. I don't, Trevor Bauer hasn't denied it. Garrett Cole didn't deny it. I'm sure most of the Dodgers do it. No one's denying it. And they're saying, well, when we get the official rule, when we get the judgment, you know we're going to stick to it. But it's already been against the rules, Ned. That's why I'm confused. Oh, did we lose Ned? Oh, okay. Ned, did you, did you hear my entire dissertation there before we lost you? No, no, I missed it. Okay, good. Well, I'll do Maybe it. Maybe it'll be better this time around. Go for yeah, it. All right. So my point was Trevor Bauer's never denied that he's done it. Garrett Cole doesn't deny that he does it. I'll bet you there a good number of the Dodger pitchers do it because I think most pitchers in baseball do it. And they all say the same thing. Dave Roberts basically said it. When we get a ruling from Major League Baseball, when we find out what, what the situation is, we're going to stick to it. So no one's denying they're doing it. But if the rule's already in place that you're not supposed to do it, then what ruling are they waiting for? <laughs> well, you're right. They're, they're waiting for the, the punishment for the crime. You know, people will keep doing it as long as, hey, you know, you're not supposed to do this, but we're not going to enforce it. If there's enforcement and, then, and there's a penalty for, for uh, stepping over the line, yeah, then, then it'll stop. But I guess what, what people are saying is, hey, there's, there's no enforcement. You know, nobody's getting suspended. Nobody's getting sad. I mean, once in a while you'll see it, but hardly ever, maybe once a year, twice a year. You know, until that happens, hey, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep pushing, the, pushing the envelope. All right. Well, I'm glad you never sat in the big chair and used any sticky stuff making deals. Oh, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. Well, Ned, thank you. As always, have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Big weekend series against the Rangers. We'll see you guys later. If you listen closely, you can hear it. It's the sound of the clock ticking on somebody. We'll get into that. Now there was a time. Oh, yeah, it's Friday. It's sunny. It's California. It's beautiful, Fred. And the goatee is rocking. <laughs> the goatee. <laughs> now you've seen it in person. I should keep I it. No, yes, keep it. Keep it. I'm keeping it. School's out for summer. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, we started the show by talking about the Clippers, and uh, really, there's not a lot to say other than this: you got to win. You don't win, you get knocked out. Something's got to change. There's really what else are you going to do? How else are you going to break it down? If they cannot beat Utah, then they find themselves in a tough spot. Their season is a complete failure. Don't mean to be cruel or rude, but it is a complete and total failure. Complete. Yes. They won a series. What does that mean? Oh. What does that get you now? What do you get no. a banner? You hang a banner, I won a series? No. You don't hang a banner. All right, well then that's what you're in the business to do. Yeah. Because of the collapse last year. They have yep. to they have to they have to get deep. Yeah. 
So if there's anything else you'd like to say about the Clippers, feel free. <laughs> but I, I really but don't know what else to past. say. Are they in trouble? Yeah, or they're in just, trouble. Or is this the MO of the Clippers of just, hey, our backs are to the wall. That's kind of what we do. And, and we're going to, we, we're battle tested in that first series against Dallas. And we'll bounce back and we'll win these two games at home. And now it's, we'll, we'll turn it back into a series. Yeah. If, if I was doing the panic meter, yeah. it'd be blood red. They're in big yeah. trouble. This is a different animal than Dallas. Yeah. Meaning, meaning Utah. Well, and this team seems to play defense. Yeah. And they're playing without Mike Conley right now. Right. And Donovan Mitchell looks better than Luka Doncic. I mean, he is just incredible and fast. They're in big trouble. They need to figure it out. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room here for them. they got to win the series, period. Let's talk a little bit about what we touched on at the top of the hour. I don't know if Laker fans will agree with this or not. Yeah. You know, Rob Polinka, whatever you think of him, he got a huge pass after they won last year. A huge pass. I mean, we know some of the comments he's made. Uh, uh, bread falling from the sky. Oh, yeah, I forgot about all this. Yeah, his 11-year-old <laughs> son saying things that I, I don't think Jesus himself said. Uh, uh, you know. Batman. Yeah, Kobe and uh, met, with, met with Heath Ledger. Yes. But Heath Ledger wasn't alive. So we, we, we got all that. But you give somebody a pass when they win. All right, so... They won last year. He made a number of moves during the offseason. Quite frankly, everybody applauded him. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you're better. Didn't work. Now you're on the clock. The honeymoon period's over. See, the thing about professional sports, if you live in a different market and you win a title, that'll hold you for a number of years. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. good. That, that'll that hold you. You live here, it's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Okay, you won last year. Good. Now what about now? Doesn't hold you as long. So, I believe... What? You think he's on the hot seat after no. just a couple of years, no. Fred? No, I don't think he's on the hot... <laughs> but I people expect you to seat. repeat. Yeah, sure. I, you know. But I think the clock is starting to tick. Well, this also is out of his hands. You can't expect... Maybe you can expect Anthony Davis to get hurt. But you can't expect LeBron James and both of those guys to be hurt when it matters most down the stretch. But here's the thing, Kevin. Uh, Anthony Davis came in with injury issues. True. So, w the, the plan to deal with that should have been a plan. That's the key. I think, no, I'm serious, Kevin. I think that's the key. The key here is, okay, let's assume one of them goes down. Because you have to plan for that when you're right. building the team. You know it's a possibility. Now what are we going to do? That's that's the whole point of this. Now what are we going to do? And what we did didn't work. I know that Rich Paul is in bed with the Lakers. I know the Lakers have six of his clients. I'll say it again. I said it last year. And I said it the year before. Why did they sign KCP to that deal? Why? I'll say it. Kyle Kuzma. We like Kyle Kuzma. They signed him. He basically evaporated. Because he's a starter, not a guy coming off the bench. Okay, that hurt him. We don't know what's going to happen. Based on last year and, and how... Because you felt like Kuzma adapted to his role yeah. last year, right? yeah. So and and they signed him. Did they sign him right as the season started, but right before? They signed him in the off season, and yeah, it was a team friendly deal. Yeah, the thought was he could have gotten more on the open market, right. but he decided to stay on That's a team what I friendly deal. Too. Yeah, so you can't really fault that one because the trajectory felt like he was going in that right direction. And and and, and as Kevin said, it was more. It was a team friendly deal with him. 
And even KCP is not grossly overpaid for a player of what he brings or what they ask him to bring, which he did bring when it mattered most in the playoffs last year. He was hurt this year too, by the way. Missed the game against Phoenix. So I don't think, I don't think the big issue with them is KCP. Kuzma might be because it seems like at times he regressed this year. First of all, he didn't play that yeah. great in the bubble last year either, by the way. And they were able to yeah. win despite of him, in spite of him. We love Montrez Harrell. I, I think it's safe to say we, we all like Montrez Harrell. You signed a guy, he couldn't play in the playoffs. Which you knew was an issue when you signed him. Then why would you sign him? That's a good question. I asked that when they did sign him. We talked about that. You signed Mark. But a guy like that, can't you find the, the right role and spot so he doesn't have to guard the Joker and doesn't have to, you know, be a defensive liability? If he's guarding someone other than, you know, guys like that, he, he can still do a job because he can give you something on the offensive end too. I think he just was put into some bad situations where the matchups didn't favor him. The problem is it becomes more difficult to hide somebody in the postseason uh, because yeah. the starters, the star players, the guys you rely on, your rotation shrink. So he's not going up against the backups, you know, like he is, you know, on a random day in February. The rotations are shorter. So you're playing against starters for more minutes, and that's when he gets exposed more. And Montrez eats mostly against backups and second and third level guys during the regular season. This was an issue that plagued him with the Clippers yeah. for the last few years. It wasn't just exclusive to but last But it's almost year. like he's got to be in, in the game with, with AD and with LeBron. LeBron. So the, the matchups doesn't look so glaring when, when it happens to him. It would help him more. The problem is he doesn't stretch the floor either, so that gives less space for Anthony Davis to be able to work if he's going to be at the five. So it, Harrell in there just gives you a, a host of issues. Now, he has a team-friendly deal, too, and a player option – the big question for the Lakers is whether or not he decides to take it. My guess is if he opts in, they can trade him, and he'll be a valuable piece for somebody. There's a team that missed the playoffs, Charlotte, as an example. They wanted to sign him to a big deal last year, and apparently yeah. he spurned them to come to the Lakers. They'd probably trade for him, and maybe you get an asset from them. What that is, I'm not sure. Marcus Gasol. We like Marcus Gasol. Didn't play much in the playoffs. Yep. Right? Okay. You signed him. Wesley Matthews. Now you're trying to find guys that can fill holes for you. Wesley Matthews can shoot. Sadly, not this year. Right. This is one of his worst <laughs> years. His worst year, and I think six years from shooting from the outside. Right. So now it's abundantly clear. If it wasn't in the past, the Lakers are LeBron and AD. And whoever else. The Jags. Just another guy. <laughs> they need new Jags. And who are these guys, and how do you find them? What will they do with Dennis Schroeder? What, what will they do? He played well, didn't play well in the playoffs, upset some people in the front office with his attitude involving COVID. What do you do with him? These are all questions Rob Polinka has yeah. to answer. A lot, of, a lot of challenges for him. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing. You got one last year, okay? So now you missed this year. The one from last year, that doesn't carry very long. Next Not year. In this town. Right, there's a new year. What are you going to do? And here's the thing that adds to it, obviously, as we talked about all the time, is – the clock is ticking on LeBron. Yes. So y y the urgency is is there for for him to make the right move because uh, another year of I want to say mediocre, but another year that that they're not surrounded. AD and LeBron are not surrounded by guys that can step up and make plays is another year wasted, and that that can't happen. I think that's to me why you know I feel the same way that. The, the clock is ticking on him to make the right move because the clock is ticking on LeBron.
If LeBron was, you know, five years younger, it's a different story. Um, but right now, it's got okay. We got a window with LeBron, so yeah. we got to make the right. We got to win now. So, if last year's championship doesn't carry you very far, right? I mean, who is going to replace Rob? I guess is the question. If Rob didn't do a good enough job, and by the way, I mean again. The Lakers are probably still playing right now if their two principal figures are healthy. But that's the point of this. That's the entire point. Because if they are healthy, yeah, they're playing right now. Okay. They beat Phoenix. So Rob would have put up, put it together a good enough roster to get them there if their stars are healthy. Because honestly, with the, the issue the Lakers are facing, it will happen. It can happen to anybody. And and the point of it is, Kevin. So he's got to build his team as if they're hurt. You can't do that, and that's not even but possible. They beat, in the NBA. So they beat Phoenix, but do they go win it? I don't know. Probably not, but I don't the know. The way Schroeder was playing, the way Kuzma was playing. Well, the thing and, is, I mean, maybe they can work through whatever issues they're having and progress as the playoffs, you know, progressed. I mean, that's we talked about that going into it. Well, they're going to be hurt. Rodney, you brought this up. You said even if they are healthy and LeBron comes back from the ankle and AD's back in there, they've had so much ish, so many issues and lack of continuity. Yeah. Are they going to be good enough to be able to win series early on and right. figure their continuity out as they get deeper and deeper? So that's something that we talked about beforehand. Yeah. So, and, and the and the injury to AD really accelerate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it really exposed that lack of chemistry, lack of continuity, lack of playing together and guys cuz it literally was AD's out, LeBron's trying to run the show and guys not sure about what they're doing or what right. their role was and after al- that. And also, I mean tying in how tied in the relationship with Rob Palenka and Clutch Sports is, I mean, he's basically doing whatever those guys want, and it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. So just based on that, wouldn't he be safe? Just based on the fact that the relationship he has with Rich Paul and how many clients are on the roster and and LeBron and AD seem well enough happy at this point in time, he could be safe just based on that. Yeah, if the Lakers, yeah, he can be safe on that if they win. What if they don't win titles? See, here's the problem, and I said it with the Clippers. The Lakers won last year. This year they were hurt. The The glaring problem this year, as you looked at it, the supporting pieces weren't strong enough when those two got hurt. They just weren't. Now you say, well, they can never be strong enough because you don't have enough money because you're only paying those two guys. I understand that. But he's got to do a better job of putting the guys together around those two. Yeah. He's got to do that, Kevin. How do you do that without the resources? It's easy to say, well, you have to do it. How? Well, here's well the that's thing. his job. I don't know how. Yeah, here's the thing. No one else here's does the that, thing. Though. Here's the thing, too, is that last year, Rondo was LeBron's guy. Le- Rondo, LeBron wanted Rondo. That's right. Le- LeBron and Magic Johnson yeah. both wanted Rondo. And so Rondo gets here, helps him win a title, and we all knew, okay, Rondo's going to try to make some money on the But instead of really going to re-sign Rondo, you think about the future. Let's go bring Dennis Schroeder in instead of re-signing Rondo. Which by every measure and everybody said was an upgrade. And to a certain degree, by the way, Rondo didn't play last night and has been a yeah. net negative for the Clippers the last five games. Yeah. Playoff Rondo hasn't done anything. Yeah, don't you dare count out what? playoff Rondo. Hey, I'm, 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 there's still games left, Rodney. Yes, right. There's still, still games, games There's still games left at this um, point. But yeah, but I'm just saying from a chemistry standpoint, from a, a standpoint where, okay, let's bring him back. That didn't necessarily happen. They thought the grass was going to be greener on the other side, and it turned out it wasn't. And at times this year yeah. it was, and at times it wasn't. And you know, that's and maybe you got in bed with someone who's very mercurial in, in Dennis yeah. Schroeder, who has been throughout his career. By the way, Mr. Burns has tweeted. Uh, Mr. Burns. Yeah, reports are that Cleveland will make a run at Alex Caruso. Any chance he takes the money? 
uh, probably his best chance at making big money in life, and he already has a ring. If you're Alex Caruso and you can get paid in Cleveland, bye. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You have to. He's got his yeah. ring. That's absolutely right. This might be the only time that he can command that type of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I re- just believe that for Rob Polinka, the challenge will be very great. Absolutely. But I also don't believe that it's a dire situation for him and his job security and he's going anywhere anytime soon, I guess is my point. Well, next hour, we'll bring out a man who will clarify all of it. We'll do it at about 2.30. <laughs> yeah, Rob Parker will be on next hour. I mean, that is just sad. <laughs> sad sack of the day. Oh, yeah, we got to do it. No choice. It's Friday, though, Fred. That's it. We don't care. That's why we're doing it. We got it. All right. Sad sack of the day. A Colorado Rockies pitcher, Chi-Chi Gonzalez. Chi-Chi. Yep. <laughs> Chi-Chi got it. 29-year-old. Chi-Chi got the sad sack. Yep. Chi-Chi sad. Eight earned runs on 11 hits and the loss to Miami last night. Colorado now 25 and 38 on the year. Your sad sack. It's well deserved. Say it again. God bless him and congratulations. Chi-Chi Gonzalez <laughs> of the Colorado Rockies. You can say he got his Chi-Chi's ripped off last night. Ha <laughs> ha!